think he's like uh he has the lifespan of an elf he's gonna live to be like 500 i know he's 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 whatever he does like he doesn't look elderly either like i saw like a youtube like marty doing a um like a zoom the other day Mm -hmm. giving his tcm picks for the month marty looked older yeah he did Ridley still seems like spry. Him and I saw some uh, pictures of Michael Mann. Yeah, and Michael Mann is like eighty-two when he looks like sixty or fifty. We saw, well, we saw like Michael Mann when he sh- I, when he did that Q and A a few years like oh, a year yeah. like last year. We saw him for what was it on Collateral, and he came out and talked afterwards. And he's like so sharp and so like. It's like, nuts. Yeah. It it's, yeah. Whatever those guys are doing, like, I don't know. Like, because, like, it's hard to say when the turn happens. Because, like, Clint Eastwood seemed, like, perpetually young and fit forever up until, like, four years ago. And then he seemed, like, a thousand years old. Like a yeah. skeleton walking, right? <laughs> yeah. The very, yeah. His, the cry macho shift. Yeah, I know. The cry, whatever happened between, like, yeah. The, even the mule to cry macho, you're like, oh, he's a thousand. Yeah, because, like, the mule, like, it is crazy how in the mule he is, like, you know, in his 80s, but he still feels like someone who could do the mule. It feels semi-believable. Yeah, it seems like, yeah, he's, like, old, but it's like, oh, he seems like a special old guy. Yeah. In the cry macho, like, yeah, he's old. There's just, like, no way around it. You're nervous. You're like, don't trip, don't trip. I don't. That's, like, the entire, like, game, like, the only movie I've ever seen where it's, like, 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 is there a rail near him at all times that he can, like, hang on to? He needs, he needs a handler. We need a I handler. Like this thing at the end where he put, they put him on a horse, you're like, don't put that man on a horse. Like, we can CGI this. We can CGI. <laughs> yeah, he still can knock out dudes with a, with a right hand, and he's um absolute catnip to the ladies. Like... It's the walking ghost. It rules. I I hope I'm like that old and I get to have a movie like that. Cry Macho feels like a David Lynch movie. It's like surreal. Like it's barely like it's so unbelievable that it like goes around the corner to like a dream scenario. It's like what is going on? It could just be like the dreams of an old man. It could just be like the fantasies of an old like you you, suddenly like the movie does the the desert mirage, like the the world gets a little like you know swimmy, and then you just fade to black and then it fades back to reality, and it's just Clint Eastwood sleeping in his trailer. It's like he's in the same home as Robert De Niro at the end of The Irishman. Like, <laughs> both like reciting prayers. You know, together. and like coming up with this like weird story of semi truths that they're like, <laughs> and they keep confusing truths with memories and reality. It's like, I know the lies they've had to tell, and all the lies they've had to tell, and everything like that. It's, it is a utterly wild movie i i one can only hope they are ridley scott at 86 years you you met one you make it to 86 two you are ridley scott at 86 years old hello and welcome to the award-winning podcast the academy academy the show that discovers the absolute undeniable and scientifically proven greatest performance in your favorite actor's esteemed career i'm don saunderson I'm Patrick Gremion, and I'm so sorry, Don. I, I I walked into your math room, and I just I I hit your abacus 
all your, your oh. feeds are out of place. I'm so sorry, man. Damn it. I was doing math. <laughs> I was doing math. <laughs> I, I, I didn't hit any of your candles, though. I didn't hit any uh, of your hundreds of candles, which are like so how, close how, to paper. How beautifully lit was that scene? Oh, my God. It felt like it was out of Barry Lyndon. What? Yes, it, it, it definitely like the the two. It's in my top two places I'd want to be in uh, medieval Europe. Number two is that place. Number one, uh, the dress shop where there's just a guy playing the lute. That seems like a nice place to be. It dress, seems very the, cl- the, the dress shop and the fancy man from Paris who's designing dresses. That seemed like um seems pretty chill like i would he, like they should he, uh, here's hear me he, he also died in the crusades so. <laughs> yeah he got he got hit in the back of the head by a horse <laughs> no it's like yeah it's like all the ways to die and like at the end of the day it's like the best case scenario is getting kicked by a horse literally yeah getting kicked by a horse or like uh just a quick arrow just a quick arrow not a slow arrow no 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 not a slow arrow jesus and I'm so used to really Scott movies. Anytime I hear this whoosh sound and everyone looks to the sky, I'm like, yep, arrows. We got yep. arrows. Yeah. It could, it, could be <laughs> oh, that's nothing, a... it could be nothing else other than a barrage of arrows coming in. <laughs> Pray to God you're not the guy in the front. Oh, <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, that is what I am trying to figure out how not to be when if I'm in medieval Europe. Wait, like all of the weapon technology advancements that have happened over the past, you know, hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. I think like uh, just a barrage of arrows might still be the scariest thing that could possibly come for you. Yeah, it is like worse than I would make an argument like, look, gun more dangerous. Arrows in some ways are scarier because c- it's telegraphed. Like you're going to see it coming more than a bullet and it's you like can't really do much. It's like being thrown from a plane without a parachute and the ground is just getting closer and closer. Yeah. You, get a moment to, you get a moment to think about it. You can't <laughs> run away from the ground. You can't, yeah, you can't go the other direction. You're only going I, down. The worst weapon, of course, is the Bolito from the Counselor. That we have. Like, still the worst weapon. Yeah, by far. It does give you time to think about it, too. Westray yeah. would have... be the first to tell you. Like, yeah, you can ha- you can have a fun laugh about it. You can be like, "Oh, they got me." I know. I'd be like, "Fuck you, <laughs> fuck you, <laughs> fuck you." <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> Wait, if anything we've learned about Ridley Scott, death sucks. Mm-hmm. And if you get the more you get to think about it, it sucks even more. <laughs> like, yeah, don't want to think about it. That's the thing. Don't want to think about it. You don't want to think uh, about it. Yeah. So of course, this week we are discussing. Our fu- 20, I believe this is 27 and final to the de- to what has been released. Ridley wow. Scott Major Motion Pictures. 27 That's of so them. Many. I said it out loud to Jen last night. I was like, 27. Holy cow. That's so many movies. Yeah. It's what, a, how impressive. That uh, rules. We're talking about 2021's. The Last Duel. Here's the tagline from the poster, Patrick. The true story of a woman who defied a nation and made history. Yes, that's part of it. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah part that's of- true. That is, that is an interesting framing of that movie. That is an interesting... Cause that makes it sound like it's like a... Like, almost like some sort of... Uh, like, they allowed French people to vote or something. Like, it feels very I like... Know, uh, it, like, it's like suffragette. 
or yeah, something very, like that. Exactly, which is like um, it's definitely like a movie that is uh, there are uh, el- there are elements of that, yeah, within this movie. But it's not, yeah. But it's definitely like it's about like a. It's more of a personal film than that, though. It's not like a. Yeah, it's not. They like do a, put her on the poster front and center, mm-hmm. which is um, it's so interesting because if you think about how in like the media and like the interviews how this movie was sold, this movie was sold as the Damon Affleck reunion. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. It's a hundred percent. It was sold as either like the Damon Affleck reunion. Or, or like just another medieval Ridley Scott movie. Yeah, you're gonna get to see these two. You're gonna see Driver and Damon, these two beefheads. Although honestly, I bet a bunch of people going in thought that like Driver would be Ben Affleck. You know what I mean? And I think if you ask the studio, that's probably what they wanted. Ooh. But my guess is that Ben Affleck was both busy and didn't really want to play that guy. It's not the exact it's, right fit for him. We well, I think he's a little younger. Yeah, like I think because like I think Matt Day. I thought at first Matt Damon was too old to be playing his role, but then I realized like no, he's the guy who sticks around too long in this world. Yeah, because he, he didn't is, because his career didn't like advance. He's like the medieval <laughs> version of Donnie Brasco. Of the of Al Pacino's character, yeah. yeah, Lefty. You have Lefty, not Donnie Brasco. Uh, no yeah. one's Donnie Brasco in this. No, no, there no are one. no. There is no Donnie Brasco in this movie. Maybe yeah, there's no informants. No informants. <laughs> no informants. There maybe there should have been. Yeah, to, but, to bust but, up. De- but but bust he's definitely up. ring. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, but he's definitely like a lefty in the sense of just like total dullard who uh, is enamored and gets uh, made, made fun of behind their back nonstop. Yeah, everyone hates him. Like ever, like just like the him. the loser doofus of the group. Huge loser doofus. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So the last duel is currently can be rented. I rented it from Amazon. I don't know where you got it. Uh, I did a Apple. I did an Apple, Apple TV. Rent. But as mm-hmm. you can see, get anywhere. Also available. Looks like on a nice uh, Blu-ray edition on it. I'm mm-hmm. sure. Really, Scott has not made news in claiming he has a three and a half hour cut of the last duel that is just he's ahead of the game. This is how this is the future. This is the futurist of really Scott in action by, OK, a little really Scott news. He's already gone in the press to say he has a director's cut of the unreleased Napoleon. Yeah, that runs a four hours long. That's fantastic. Here, here's my here's my hot. Yeah. He, like usually it's after it's been released and he he like gripes about that he has a director's cut it's even before it's come out like yeah i mean here's my hot take it's being released on flipping streaming anyways just, do just it release anyway. the four just do just it anyways it anyway. yeah just do it anyway it. yeah if you think that's the best one who cares like just do that one i'd rather i'd rather there just be a definitive cut put the theatrical one out and then the second it hits apple for its streaming put mm-hmm. them both out yeah. simultaneously I would, I would be interested to see like um which because i feel like with ridley i feel like for the most part i don't know what do you think have you been more enamored by his director's cuts or are you more enamored by his theatrical releases i think um kingdom of heaven colors this because it's the rare yeah. director's cut that really like advances the movie 
to a different place. And yeah. that puts you in this mindset of like, oh, what could they like? Exodus Gods and Kings is like the dopiest of Ridley's historical movies mm. by a wide margin. I yeah. think. And yet his claim that he has a fantastic four hour Exodus Gods and Kings perks my interest. I'm yeah, like, I think I, I'm yeah. curious about what how what that could be. I think there's like two types of directors cuts with Ridley. There's the uh his uh epic film directors cuts where like the the studios are like, we can't release a five-hour movie, dude. You're going to have to make this two hours. And he has to begrudgingly give him kind of a truncated version of what he's, you know, of the vision he had in his head. And then there's the the Martian, you know, we're adding, we're really, you know, scraping the barrel for additional I, dialogue. I don't even, yeah, I, I like another one of the Martians, like, soy-ass jokes or whatever. Yeah, like, it's like another uh, uh, classic Donnie, Donald Glover quip. And I think, like, yeah, it can. It, I think you audiences have come to dream about what a director's cut could be. Mm-hmm. Like everyone, I like that guy, that poor guy, David Iyer, who did wrote uh, oh, yes, Day, yes, yes. who is like gone interview after interview after interview recently, like in like seemingly like live therapy sessions with the interviewer like lamenting the su- his suicide squad like i yeah he wants to he wants that his yeah i mean he needs to put he, together a suicide squad to get his suicide squad no he, he he feels like he gets some sort of career redemption and he's right cuz he's like i was coming off of fury which fury which... arguably is like the peak of his like directorial career like yeah, fury was career really- Fury was critically well received. It was a hit. Mm-hmm. Like I liked Fury. I saw it in Fury's, the theater. I yeah. thought Fury was good. I liked it. <laughs> like, yeah, it is a solid like seven point five out of ten. It's yeah. like yeah, like, it's like it does its job. It's very it's good. A, it's like a very like dad class new new dad classic. You know, and that's like I would call that like I'm giving that's a positive for me. Yeah, Just I like, like a dad classic. If my dad bumped into that movie on cable, he'd be like, "That was pretty good." Five out of five like, dads approve. Five out of five dads approve. Dad uh, approved. <laughs> yeah, and I don't, and I think like Suicide Squad, and then, but it's like, my man, like, the ones who followed that are not. I mean, that weird one with Will Smith, the alien one. The oh uh, like, no, that was the fantasy. It's like what alien if, nation. You know. Movie that yeah, he made. What if what if ogres and uh, wizards oh, yeah. uh, were in, like, like, like cops? Yeah, like, it's <laughs> yeah. silly. It's like there's a way to do that. That's kind of fun, probably. But like, I feel like it's just that's not a. I think what happened is like Ayer is not a genre guy. I know, no. and he got she got sucked into that world, and uh, it's it is fascinating because you are like seeing like it is you you watch suicide squad and bright and you're like oh yeah this is like what a comic book movie written and directed by the guy who made harsh times would look like like a like a cop like a cop guy would do a a weird cop guy yeah daryl gates appreciator (laughs) it's 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 like how Michael Mann did the keep and then quickly realized, like, nope, <laughs> not my world. That's the, nope. you know, it's like you people have lanes. That's totally yeah. valid. That's a no, fair like, and like, yeah, 
that's and that's actually a good way to get us back into the main topic on today episode because like really scott like has tried like his matchstick men's and his like good years and stuff like that but man's bread and butter he does two fortunately for him he actually does two genres Mm -hmm. exceedingly well he's sci-fi and he does uh historical basically like historical reenactment yeah like drama (laughs) like epic action historical pictures yeah renaissance fair core yeah renaissance fair core like his like the he's very very good at these but you know we'll get to it when we get to next week's episode on like kind of trying to sum this up Mm. you know to go into today's i had not seen this before we've alluded for years how i've been holding this set movie yeah distinctly for this episode and i think this one might be his best one out of the historical films like man yeah i, I mean like i put that, i don't know if that's hyperbole or not but like this is a sharp movie it yeah it is like um you know i think like what it maybe it lacks in uh scope compared to his other historical films i feel like yeah cuz i feel like a lot of his historical dramas tend to have this crazy overarching like you know you're like you're getting to see the whole battle of their whole war war oh, like war. a swooping um, shot of like the coliseum yeah you know in action filled with people like it's, gladiators it's, and shit it's very macro macro view a uh, world view uh the, it uh, is. I think this Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I think this like more than makes up for it in like realism yeah. and uh just like specificity and this uh, one honesty. feels like um the historical details and touches and like it feels almost Kubrickian in its level of like focused, detailed research and like this you know we joked like richard our friend richard brody said of the northman he called it research the movie which is really funny like Good this own. is That's... this is why like you might not agree with the man but he's he's working at a cut above his, his fellow he's... critics by just being like snarky and funny like he's good the... he he gets it i like brody i mean he doesn't always like i don't always see eye to eye with them but like I, That's he's the best critics though the best yeah. critics are the ones, even if you disagree with them, it's like you have to read what they have to say because it's like they will bring up something interesting or they'll at least be kind of funny about it. Like, yeah. he's a good writer, even if he's yeah. a he's a total lunatic. But in yeah. the best, but they critics should be lunatics. Yeah. Their and job like, is to criticize. And he's a lunatic in the fun way, not in like the Armand White sad way. Well, and Armand, <laughs> like 15 years ago. Oh, he ruled. Actually, was in that, but he's like completely like you know gone he, to the other well, side. Well, I think yeah. he realized where his bread was getting buttered, and he kind of like went into that specific lane but and decided he liked it there. He <laughs> really, really wanted to see why he thought Norbit was better than Gangs of New York or something yes. like that. Like that's I, I, a, that's important stuff. Oh, I love, <laughs> dude. When he when when my boy Armand White is like writing like a raps a rapsodacious uh, word I just made up uh, review of of uh, of uh, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. I know it's like saying... why it's like vastly superior to Sideways. Like, <laughs> <Yes. you know? laughs> it's like he will do these insane like those comparisons where he's like, mm, you know, actually. Uh, 
uh, uh, Deuce Bigelow European Gigolo is superior to uh, uh, Enough Said. Like, yeah. <laughs> like 100%. Oh, it's incredible. I, you know, like... I know why, and you want to know the logic behind that. That's really like essential stuff. Anyway. <laughs> I don't even know how we got there. <laughs> yeah, we got the oh, no, we were talking about research and yeah. how this this movie, like, but this movie does not feel like it's bludgeoning you with, like, how well we did in our research because this movie has an incredibly compelling story. And it's, yeah. like, it, it remains, like, a movie, like, at the end of the day, why do we watch movies or shows? We want to know what happens. Like, if it's good, it's simply a matter of, like, what's going to happen? How is this going to resolve itself? Like, are they going to do this? Like, are they going to win the big race? Are they going to, like, win the big game? Are they going to defeat the bad guys? Are they going to get the girl or guy or whatever? Like, it's this kind of, like, base feeling. Yeah, well, and it's, like, by uh, stripping away the the macro scale, like, I feel like uh, with Gladiator and Kingdom of Heaven and uh, maybe even to a lesser extent Robin Hood, there's like a lot of like, you know, um, big, large, overarching themes and like, you know, who's a good man and what is honor and like there's all these kind of like, you know. But I think Gladiator like... is so successful because we called it on that episode. It's so successful because it's a revenge movie. Nothing more uh-huh. or less than that. Yeah. Like, it's like, is he going to get revenge against Joaquin Phoenix? Is he going to get the guy? Is he going to get the guy? Like, which is really like, those are the best movies. They're like, they're like hitting you with themes. Mm -hmm. But I think like, I think you're right. What you're getting is like the, their broader themes. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And this, in this intimate space, they don't have to be shackled to that. They don't have to like worry about like, not that like gladiator, but like kingdom of heaven, hugely about morality. I think like, you know, yeah. But I think, like, in Last Duel, they, they can have those broader themes. But these are very, like, internal, personalized themes that are happening in this, which make the broader themes shine yeah. a little bit higher. Well, and, like, and no one has to be, like, a paragon for something, perhaps. Uh, or maybe it's, like, that, like, Lady Marguerite is, like, the Maximus character in this. You know I think what I mean? He, I think it, but I think it doesn't, like, bludgeon you with it. Yeah. She subtle. doesn't even get this big speech of, like... I think lesser movies would have a speech where she goes, and this is what it feels like to be a woman in sixteen in this. You know, yes, this there's no period. like she doesn't yeah. do that. It's all through like plot and story or theme mm-hmm. and story. Like it's through like almost in a sense in the way like I think some people disagree with me, but I think like Emily Blunt's big speech, big like interrogation scene at the end of Oppenheimer, plays in a similar vein. Yeah. Like they're doing it through being questioned. They're doing it through dialogue and like having her reveal things by being interrogated rather mm-hmm. than having her stand up. And I got like the stranger <laughs> that show the strangers with candy, the Amy Sadara show, <laughs> how it ended every episode with, I got something to say. And she'd do this like fake, like stupid speech on the theme of the episode. Uh, but it was all played for comedy. It was so fucking funny. But yeah. like they don't do that in this. Like, no, able to like through actions and deeds, and frankly through her reaction to misdeeds mm-hmm. is how this because it's this movie is so, like 
about how tough it is to be anyone in particular a woman during this time period but yeah. also through like the weak absolute gamut of weaknesses of men presented mm-hmm. in this movie like yeah they're the it, absolute dullards that lead everything and it's a like a full spectrum full garden of weaknesses yeah like through the obvious like cr- like crime level weaknesses mm-hmm. just simple like insecurities yeah and like base desire to, that they feel they need to fulfill well and it's like you get it all yeah you get every you get everything and it it, it never Truly, like maybe seven hundred people in Europe are having a good time in this era. Maybe and that's like and a, whole... I think that that's like a big number. Yeah, <laughs> like, that might be too high. That's like I'm, I'm talking the full fucking continent. Like I've quoted this before, but like I think Monty <laughs> Python and the Holy Grail is one of the best critiques of anyone looking at this time as being a beautiful time. <laughs> yes, and they got this part in the movie. I said it many times on the show, but it's like the funniest thing. King Arthur rides past all of these serfs, and they have the job of the serfs is literally like stacking mud. <laughs> what? And they go, and the, they're, he like rides by, and one of them goes, oh, Who's that? And the guy goes, Oh, it must be a king. And he goes, Why do you say that? He goes, Because he hasn't got shit all over him. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> and it's like, Yep, that was yeah. these times. Like, there's nothing more or less of that. If you're either Ben Affleck or you have shit all over you. Yeah, you're <laughs> you are just praying that you're your stupid nobleman that runs that you're a serf towards or whatever. Like isn't gonna like bring you to some half assed war in a but different you, nation. You brought up the only decent man in the movie is the guy who's like raising the horses that we briefly who doesn't even have a name who she meets at the Ooh. end of it. I'm like, yeah, because he's a serf. Yeah. Like it's a job. Like a guy, guy who's like competent, knows what he's doing, but has to like you know adhere to his his uh his his master's capricious whims because he he fears for his life and he doesn't want to like you know get killed by this insane freak. Yes. So uh, the last duel is the story of a knight who challenges former friend a squire to a judicial duel after the knight's wife accuses the squire <laughs> of raping her. Judicial duel, uh, an insane phrase. <laughs> A judicial duel. And basically, it's also revealed that everyone in France kind of thought these had already been outlawed. Wow. They're they're not. No, no, no. There's, Um, uh, yeah. So, and that's basically the story of the movie. Story is divided into three chapters showing the point of view of our three leading characters. Obviously, this is a, you know, taken almost directly from how the film Rashomon is structured but Mm -hmm. i don't feel it's like a wholesale ripoff because i think it it's it's doing it in a very compelling very interesting way Mm -hmm. throughout and i think um it's really obviously trying to point distinctly to kind of give us a modern perspective on like a mirror to modern society with this kind of idea oh for sure um, it's structured incredibly well. We have the knight story, the squire story, and then the wife story is mm-hmm. how it's done. I don't. Did you catch too? I mean, it's a little, little on the head, but I, I kind of, yeah, the... I kind of liked it how they like left the word truth yeah, on the screen I... for hers. I, I, I liked it. 
Like, I think I, that that's what the movie's trying to get at. You know I, I, mean? I do like, you know what? It is like this thing where, like, uh, is it a little uh, obvious? Sure. But I'm fine with them trying to hate you on it. Like, they... Like, the goal of this movie is, like, hey, this is the definitive, this is the definitive story here. This is how this person, and I think that's, like, it suits the purpose of the film. And it's very well, so, like, the characters, we meet Jean de Courage, Courage, Courage. Yeah, Courage. Courage, who's played by Matt Damon. Um, mm-hmm. He is, like, the he is the knight. Mm-hmm. And his story is first. And what we're presented to him is like a hardworking kind of his version, man of the people, knight, mm-hmm. who sees all of this like power and corruption around him. And he's just trying to get by and just trying to be like a very moral, like I have faith. I work for the king. I have, a, you know, I'm trying to have a family. I'm I a man fight. of honor. A man of honor. I'm man of honor. And I deserve respect and i'm being disrespected and from my point of view i've earned it Mm -hmm. the second story is the story of the squire jacques legris who's played by adam driver and what's interesting here so we get matt damon's story which is feels like um very really scott ballion maximus he sees himself as a maximus type character yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Absolutely. Just, oh, we should know too. Like, I really the structure of the movie is terrific, and this is what differs it from Rashomon. Is it Rashomon doesn't have the last duel as part of it. It doesn't yeah. have a promise of this amazing fight. Yeah. There's no. Yeah. There's no. Uh. Uh. It doesn't like. Yeah. It doesn't like. Uh. There's no in a moment where they don't like uh, allude to like this big climactic conclusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is, it's a great screenwriter's trick like I do it in some of the stuff I try and write like you plant the seeds at the top mm-hmm. which will buy you time to dick around into your themes and have <laughs> dialogue scenes and stuff like that yeah because you're giving them your promise don't worry you're going to get a don't duel don't worry. worry Matt Damon and Adam Driver are going to fight yeah like, like now let's hang out for two and a half hours let's hang beforehand. out for two hours yeah yeah we're gonna do it like, let's write let's cite some poems in latin yeah we can digress but it's like it has this great setup where like we see all the characters like entering this arena and really does one of his big sweeping shots coming Ooh. down onto the arena we see like adam driver and matt damon getting like their gear and getting mm. dressed and stuff like that and you're like oh this is great and then it cuts to part one, and I love, love chapters in movies. Mm. <laughs> I like that trope too. <laughs> I'm a I'm a chapter head. I like it. I like. I, it. I think sometimes, although I feel like it's sometimes. It, I feel like there was like a year where it was like a little overused. Maybe it was like last year or the year before. But with mm. this, this movie, I think when it like it's utilized effectively and cha- the chapters make sense. Huh. I do. I, I I really like. I like movies that like. I do like when the structure is like it's it isn't this happens this happens this happens it's very like purposely structured. Mm-hmm. So like this prologue, story, 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 epilogue. Yeah, I do kind of like that. I it mixes it up for me. I like when a screenwriter kind of like shows their work 
a little bit. <laughs> I like that. T- I mean, I like it. I mean, when, in a, if they show their work and it feels purposeful, I like it. And it feels purposeful and earned in this. Yeah, it's sure. like, you know, like, I mean, obviously, Quentin Tarantino does it like nonstop. Mm-hmm. That's kind of his thing is to play with structure like that. I liked Sorkin's like three parts in Steve Jobs mm. that he did like three days like i do like those little like things like rather... those conceits yeah rather than like smooth this smooth, this happens this happens this happens but it's just kind of the way i think gotcha like like you kind of want to play around it's like a postmodern technique a little yeah. bit more it's not yeah. classical yeah much. i'm i'm not like yeah because I, I like yeah i like that like irishman i think is another example they kind of clear that like they make that they play around with like you know uh, timelines and structure uh, Chris, a little Chris, bit as well. Chris Nolan obviously does it nonstop. Oh too. yeah, you know I mean like, but it's like like the satisfaction in Dunkirk when the three stories come together in the final in the final segment. You're like, oh my god, it's all happening at the same time. I never knew that. Uh, Dunkirk is happening. <laughs> Dunkirk is happening. So I I like that. So yeah. So we open with that, and then we go to the truth according to Jean de Carouge. <laughs> and that's Matt Damon's character. Yep. Then we get through that, and you're, and so what's interesting, like Jen came up, and I was like, oh, you know, it's so interesting because it's like we've heard Matt Damon's point of view, we've seen mm-hmm. the entire story from his character's point of view, and Jen came up, and I was like, so this is what's happening, and she did not know what the movie was about, and I was like, this is what's happening in this movie, and I was like, I don't know, and I paused it right at the end. It was like the truth according to Jacques Legree, that's Adam Driver's character. It's like right, right when she came up, I paused it to like tell her what was going on. And I was like, I don't know what Adam Driver's deal is mm. at this point in the movie. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like, all, what's... and so much fun, right? Yes. As like well, a viewer. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting. It kind of shows you how self-involved people are. Yeah. Just, just, just you know, like exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like you get like the sense that like, oh yeah. Like, well, and like how little like, and um, it's so, fu- it's so funny. Cause like, He's so not so. Uh, he's so self-involved, and yet he lacks total interiority. Yeah, Matt, which is such a fascinating he's, dynamic. He's so unreflective. Yes, he, he just... learns nothing. No, from p- other people. Like he takes absolutely nothing from how, like off. Like we don't know necessarily just how off-putting he is mm-hmm. until the second act. No, well, and it's like it's so well. And it's like yeah, the second act and then the third act really puts a like a, a nail in the yeah. coffin of him ever being like someone. Because I think, yeah, he truly the way he perceives the world, he thinks he is just and right and he honorable. thinks he is the like unsung hero of yes. France, and he is so upset that he is not given credit, and he's consistently disrespected, and. Adam Driver's character, who he feels has not really put any skin in the game yeah. whatsoever. Uh, is, he saved his life, you know, in his is, eyes. Yeah, in his eyes. Yep. <laughs> he, he's not brave. No. And he is like, but yet he gets the cool land. He gets to hang out with the cool guys. <laughs> like, and it's just because he's moving little beads around on his abacus. Because yeah, he can read some freaking <laughs> Latin poetry. Yeah, because he can read. Because <laughs> he can read. Yeah. <laughs> No evidence one way or the other that Matt Damon's you, but it's pretty clear Matt Damon's character is like illiterate. 
Oh, for sure. Like the <laughs> moment where um he signs like the paper, and I think he just does like a little diamond. Yeah, or he's something. trying. He does like an X, basically, yeah. because he can't do any. He can't sign his name. Oh man, yeah. Just uh, yeah, and oh. it's like the movie does set, and it's like so like it's an obvious structure. You have to do the stories in this order, mm-hmm. but it's so because it's so satisfying mm-hmm. because you have to do the guy who can't think first and yeah. tell the story from his point of view. Well, and what's a great like um, way of like figuring out like, cause when you, you know, it's a movie that y- it forces you, you can't just make an assumption about this movie from like the first 30 minutes yeah. or out. You really have to like watch the entirety of this film to understand its deal because that's your respect for the viewer in doing 100%. it like that. Like hundred percent, yeah. Like it expects it, it, the audience to have patience and be paying attention completely. It has faith that the audience, yeah, will figure it out, which is because yeah. like you, you watch, yeah, you watch the first part, and there are moments where like you realize, like even when you're seeing it from Karaj's perspective, it's a great way of like realizing, oh, what this character thinks is good is insane. Yes. Like, yeah. Like, cause, like, even like in the parts that would ostensibly that he remembers ostensibly well that ostensibly make him look good, kind of uh, display him as a maniac. Like, anytime like he goes into battle, it is like we have to fight for our honor. And it's so funny because we've seen like movies that Scott has directed is where like it's kind of a critique. Yes, of Scott medieval like the Maximus, the Balians, the um, Robin Hood. Even fucking yeah. Moses, I like hundred percent because like it is, and, and no war feels so slight and pointless than the hundred years. Like this, truly, mm-hmm. it feels like we are really dealing with nobles squabbling over like mud plots. Yeah, like yeah, like it, like there's no, like there's no and... rhyme. You never get a sense of like the scope or meaning of the fighting. But even like you know, so the opening battle in Gladiator, the very justly celebrated opening yeah. battle. In Gladiator, it's a phenomenal cool. Looks sequence. Fun. Looks like it'd be fun to be part. The of. battles in this movie aren't that different, Mm-mm. yet they feel utterly pointless, brutally violent, and there are no winners. Disgust. It's like history of violence. That level of like, I don't want to be like. It's cool to watch. Like it's you know, it's, it's really exciting. well shot. It's always it's exciting. Ex- but yeah, it's like, but it's like not fun. Like it looks like it sucks. It looks so like it looks and it looks like the only the dumbest most like brain dead ding dong will survive the battle the way they're fought because it, it is. It's, it's like, the first time he has both been like titillating. Because that was our complaint of Robin Hood. We wanted it to be rated R. We wanted the violence to be like yeah, <laughs> at the Kingdom of Heaven level. That you know, because Kingdom of Heaven is incredibly violent. No, oh, yeah, those battle mm-hmm. sequence. But we wanted to be there. But then it gets there, and you're like, oh, like this isn't like this is just brutal. It sucks. Yeah, this yeah, there's nothing cool about this. These are the most uncool. They do an excellent job of making these. Um, noblemen knights look just like total fucking tools that yeah uh, yeah you wouldn't want to like and hang it, out but with it also any continues to plant the seeds for how intense the final the last the, the titular yeah. last duel is going to be it's yep. like oh if it's gonna go this far it's like oh this this is gonna build something like 
pretty like incredible. And this is kind of what you want out of filmmaking is like these like like I saw like um like most of the letterbox reviews of people I follow this movie, they all like really like like love this movie and they're like that last 30 minutes of this movie is like pretty jaw dropping. <laughs> but it is yeah. it's because of this build. Mm -hmm. It that it gets there. Like so we see the Damon sequence. And basically it plays out that Damon feels he has been passed over and utterly wronged and he is a hero. And then the worst, this guy who keeps getting good stuff, mm. getting the good stuff Matt Damon feels he deserves, assaults Matt Damon's wife. Mm -hmm. And now Matt Damon has to like, I have to fight for not only my wife's honor, but as there's revealed in the third act, the most important thing is Matt Damon's honor to Matt Damon. Mm, yep. It isn't so much his wife. We'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh does Matt Damon uh kind of view his wife as a uh just a way of ensuring that like I guess like his lands maintained in his family? Who's to say? Complete and utter property and also like a piece to show off because she's beautiful and smart yeah a tro a deserved a trophy. trophy a deserved yeah. trophy of his yes he does yeah, for yeah forgetting all of his like fucking like friends killed and, essentially yeah but that isn't completely <laughs> like it's there in the first mm -hmm. act the feeling of that yeah. but it isn't like completely no. revealed until the third act yeah because like in yeah because we're like i said we're seeing this through his like we're seeing this through Damon Vision, John, you know, Courage Vision, and yeah. he thinks he's like the bee's knees, and that his wife just like loves him. Like you get the, mm -hmm. like you think everything. If you're just watching it from that perspective, you feel that their relationship is. Uh, oh, it's weird. And it's a little it, weird, but what's so fascinating though, it is really Scott looking at his like classical characters: Robin Hood, Maximus, Valiant. Mm-hmm. And looking at them through like jaundiced eyes, yeah, a thing like maybe of their like bullheaded <laughs> heroism and think that they like are the bee's knees with the ladies, you know? Yeah, are is they this the right? Yeah, are <laughs> they? Is this the right way to be? Oh my god! Like, am I like? Have I done things right? Because, like, you know, I think yeah. like Ridley Scott, he sees himself as I think he's the Maximus of his world. Yeah. Ooh. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I mean, I don't know. like, but I think it's like, you know, this came out the same year as House of Gucci. And House of Gucci was another story of like really, really decrepit and um, kind of disgusting power. Yeah. And how there are no winners. And if you try and join, and maybe, just maybe, you should be a farmer and hang yeah. out with your kids and drink wine. That's it, yeah. Just be hang out with your kids, be a farmer. Well, and then we also have to say too that Courage is a fail son. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's a huge Which we don't important No, we don't know in this first act. Mm, that's true. Because he just seems to be like, I'm next in line and I'm a fighter, I'm a warrior, I do everything I'm supposed to do. I'm like my dad. I live by the rules. I, I live by the rules. I live by I like I'm like my dad. Oh my god, I'm but like my the dad. The rules that he sees are very, very like strict, unflexing zealotry. Yeah. For men. Mm -hmm. Men of 
he that he believes he is part of the that the men's world. Yeah, but when he doesn't realize too that like those rules are there to maintain certain hierarchies. Yes. And you can a hundred percent break them. You can a hundred percent if you were a person in but his. But he doesn't like, want to. He just wants to be part of that high. He just wants to be at the top of that hierarchy. Yeah, he, he thinks that hierarchy. Bought, he thinks that hierarchy rules. He bought into it. He thinks yeah. it's real. He gets. Yeah. He thinks that like he thinks that he'll like. He thinks that uh the, there's that he, there's this meritocracy occurring that just does not exist. And but that is exactly white voters of the male perspective of a certain type still firmly believe. Mm. (laughs) 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 I like that. Very trenchant, if you will. Mm. (laughs) Because he, like, Driver's character is kind of the Ridley is Ridley and to ext- and his writers, we'll get to who his writers are in a bit. Yeah. Um are critiquing two kinds of men. Mm-hmm. In or multiple kinds, but really two. The guy who thinks he's been passed over, who thinks he's done everything right according to the rules. But are the rules like a good thing? Mm. No. The orig- those those classical rules are not a good thing. It's almost like, yeah, if you could like to go on your um to piggyback on your uh uh metaphor earlier or your what you were saying earlier, like you could say that like uh in the parlance of modern uh American politic political dynamics, uh perhaps uh uh Courage is a Mike Pence, a degree is Vivek Ramaswamy <laughs> and that would make <laughs> that act like fucking Trump, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's it right there. I mean, in a sense, like, but they're all, yeah, I mean, they all are abiding by the conservative mind conservative mindset. I mean, you could argue that you could argue Ben Affleck's Epstein. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Right? I mean you could. You literally could. And like and like, yeah, and it's and, fascinating yeah this this movie is um like we were saying like usually ridley's movies i think the argument about ridley's movies is that they are not intellectual or complicated like they are not striving for anything beyond the surface Mm -hmm. they're very good at the surface the martian is very good at a surface Mm -hmm. level technical masterpiece yeah and it's like it's entertaining and checks all the boxes when he does do something because like i mean are you gonna argue like counselor or thelma louise Mm -hmm. go a little deeper yeah and this is this reaches those same levels yeah it's a hundred percent well and i think this like yeah there's just so much going on in the background it is like i feel like in some ways it's like even deeper than like counselor, I feel like there's just layers and layers. Like, and I think like like the just like the the various forms of hierarchy, the yeah the like the the the, the three stories that kind of like you know retell the same narrative through different perspectives. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot it's going on. It's a um, phenomenal idea. On to the second leading male character in the movie. And his story, Jacques Legree, and a different kind 
of jackass. Yeah. <laughs> um, because Jacques Legray is like the, and I'm not saying, I don't believe Mark Zuckerberg has committed an individual crime like this at all. I want to mm-hmm. say that ahead of time, but he yeah. reminds me of the Mark Zuckerberg as presented in the social network. He's a, he's the, the movie competent... version, the movie version. I don't know the real, right, version. right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, he's probably fine or something. He loves sweet baby Ray's. He can't be all bad, yeah, uh, I, but, but uh, he, I think he, um, what he represents is the guy who the nerd who is given the keys to the cool guy kingdom and is like, now going to like take it all yeah but they were the world wants it or not and thinks they earned musk a musk like character Ooh, a muskian yeah the cop the uh, it's like you know there's like a Even competent I opportunist yeah i don't believe musk is nearly as like on no. paper on paper smart as zuckerberg is i think straight up elon musk is a he's a crush that thinks he's a degree yeah yeah 100 yeah. percent because he's just like, so yeah, he inherited what we learn about uh, Legree is that what he might lack, even though we don't actually see his on the field prowess, and mm-hmm. I don't think he's like bad in combat either, but what he does have is a um, ambition and an intellect and a social understanding that Courage completely and utterly lacks. Mm. Legree understands how to move properly within social circles of the time yeah. period. Mm. He also can't read. <laughs> yeah, what? which is like immediately like plus but, 10 to charisma or whatever. Like he is so like, yeah, yeah he's a haze of mile ahead. By being able to do like basic math and yeah. and, and having a liter- being literate, he is basically, uh, he can be a, a little lord. And he under he also understands like okay so like I need to ingratiate myself with with the powerful people. He's playing the game a hundred percent, which Karaj has no clue at. He's completely inept at. Yes, as, which is revealed. So what we see in the next segment is Legree's point of view, and what we see in Legree's point of view is that Karaj is a bullheaded dipshit who continues to enter rooms and get laughed at because he speechifies on his own like moral upstanding and heroic standards, which at the same time, though, he never wins any of the battles he's actually in. No. He loses men and gets humiliated almost nonstop. Yeah. He's a loser. He sucks. Yeah, he's genuinely like... uh... You know, literally his only only value he brings is like his land and title. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, he, yeah, he, and what we learn about Legree is that he actually has no, he came from absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. And so his, and he feels because he has earned Mm -hmm. through his hard work and his like working his way up, he's entitled to everything and, and by everything i do mean everything yeah it's yeah spoiler it's very... he's not spoiler he's not it's completely corrupted him this feeling of entitlement yeah and it's made him a very like arrogant cruel person well it's like showing like yeah it's so funny like with both movies you see like 
you really get an idea of like both of the hierarchies at play. The -hmm. first one is like the superficial hierarchy, the hierarchy that like, you know, has been laid out by uh, the laws and the church and whatnot that uh, uh, Matt Damon's character 100% adheres to and thinks uh, the world justly functions through. And And that he is properly lived within, thus he deserves complete and utter credit and to be treated at a high level because yeah. he has adhered to that com- those rules and that hierarchy completely. Yeah, and well, and then the second movie does the exact same thing with Degree, where like you see the other hierarchy, the shadow hierarchy, the yeah. the uh, the the re not the realistic hierarchy, but the, the but the hierarchy that is uh, at play with people interested in um, moving forward in the future, and in the context of that hierarchy degree feels like he is justly deserves everything and uh what's great is there's a third story that then demonstrates how both of those hierarchies are and not only the first one but the second one are both like you know uh flawed and just totally flawed at, flawed at best dest- completely destructive and evil at worst yeah yeah and we also meet um Probably our most memorable supporting character in a bigger way in this second yeah. act, which is, of course, Count Pierre, played by the bleach blonde Ben Affleck, who um, is a man of luxury, leisure, and arrogance in his own right. Oh, God, just total decadence. Uh, yeah. he, also, like, 100%, he would be... It's so telling that this is a guy who, if he was, you know, alive in the 21st century... He'd be Ben Affleck's character in Gone Girl. He would straight up be playing Madden fucking 2023 on his Xbox One or whatever. Yeah, like smoking weed on his couch, yet thinking he still deserves every woman, whoever comes past him. You're right. He's Floyd. He's fucking Floyd in true romance. Not as fun. Not as fun. Yeah, Floyd's at least like a fun. Yeah, at least like I'd I'd hang out with that guy at a party before fucking this freak. And it's very fun. It's interesting because, like, almost from the jump, like, basically, he does not like Courage at all. Mm-hmm. And the reason he does not like Courage, he's not a good hang. Yeah. He's annoying. Like the... He's boring. Yeah. He's a boring scold. And that's no fun for Pierre. Not, Whereas not cool, Legree can, like, read Latin poetry. He pulls pranks on <laughs> some of the other guys. But the biggest thing about Legree, Legree happily, without hesitation, joins in the orgy <laughs> yeah joins hey joins in the orgy and uh will uh, uh with one hand he'll join in the orgy and on the, with the other hand he'll happily write my his uh his uh pitiful do, his um do all of the boring busy work that is yes. required of a leader that ben affleck does not want to do any math he does not want to and no, no. agree happily will also like Lay down the heat and be his enforcer to get all the taxes and He's all the a money. <laughs> oh my god, he is a hundred percent. He is like, yeah, it is just like, um, yeah, Pierre is basically a Trumpian figure. It is interesting, yeah. yeah. but he's also like the modern rich guy who yeah. doesn't really want to do anything, no, but does don't you dare even suggest that they don't deserve it, Mm-mm. they can't stop doing it, no, and like they want to, like, yeah, they want to do like. Yeah, Musk. It's like, yeah, I want to have everything. I want to have all the um, accolades of being a smart, rich man. 
who's earned everything, but I don't want to do any of the hard work I, to get to I that point. Don't wanna, I don't even want to suggest it at all that I am a complete charlatan. Ooh. Yeah, I'll freak out if you do that. Don't do that. Yeah, don't you dare suggest I don't deserve this. Yeah, 100%. And Legree is the guy who, like, is the lanyard guy who's worked his ass off, has all of the credentials. Yes. For nothing, but has this massive fucking chip on their shoulder for everyone else and thinks they've earned it. And now they're going to prove to all the people who shoved them in lockers because they were doing math that they are fucking awesome. Oh, and I deserve deserve a Lambo, and I deserve to date models, and all yes. these kind of things. Every every movie has to be comic book. So my my culture has to be superior. <laughs> and what we see up until I would say I would say up until the assault is that Legree is like okay, I kind of get it. He yeah. is working the system. He is a slippery guy. But I kind of get, like, oh, he can take this to his advantage. He has worked at it. He is smarter than everyone else. And Matt Damon's a dum-dum. But then we are introduced to Lady Marguerite. Mm -hmm. And Legree's weird as hell around her. And and keep in mind... the jump. And keep in mind, this is like Legree's narrative. So we're seeing this yes. through his eyes, and in his and eyes, he is weird even before anything starts. Oh he, yeah, like thinks because he has fallen in love with her that that is okay. Everything else that follows is okay because his love is true to him. It's, oh god, well, and it's just so like, which makes him creepy online guy. Oh. T- Totally. Well, like From... he even he even comes off that way when he's talking to that like other noble woman right before. Yeah. Like that whole conversation's a fucking train wreck and a nightmare. Like you... yeah, and I think because, and also like even when the orgy starts, him and Affleck are not like that first gal that they bring into the orgy is not really like in any sense up for it. Yeah. Well, like he like. Affleck has like totally, you know, and and well, here's the thing though, I think that Adam Driver knows to a certain degree that he is an asshole, and I'm gonna base that on the one scene where the 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 the, the like because if everything if this movie takes place through the lens of Adam Driver, then that means he saw that one part where Pierre's wife. Is like, oh, I'm gonna leave, and the smile turns into a frown. Yeah, and he recognizes that she recognizes th- that what they're doing is not gonna be fun or good. What there's a nihilism and a cynicism to his character because he realizes, okay, so what? At- Matt Damon is a hypocritical scold. Yeah, and that sucks, and no, it's he's... not actually going to get him anywhere. No. And Matt Adam Driver is like, okay, so the way actually in is depravity. Yeah, play the games. Play the game. Yeah, completely. Be par- yeah, be part of it. Be yeah. like, yeah, he's a hundred percent. Like, you know, hey, are they? Are we doing horrible things? Great, I'll be a part of it if it means I can have a piece of the pie. Yeah, exactly. Man, yeah, Ew. evil, Ew. evil, totally Ew. evil. But like, yeah, <laughs> a demon. Well, it's like the, he's the reason why things are bad he's the type of that like mentality is why the world is in a worse place than it should be he's talked himself into this purity of this love story that he has written for himself with lady Mm -hmm. marguerite 
who we can tell, even in his story, is not on board with it. But he's like talked himself into this delusion that she is on board because he doesn't respect that Damon. And he feels it's all from like, oh, he's got this loser. She's got this loser husband. Of course, she wants to get laid by this me, Mr. Romantic, Mr. Intellectual, Mr. Like Coxman. This this trophy should be my trophy. Exactly. Yeah, because I earned it. Yes. Because I am cooler than Matt Damon. And better. I'm more confident. And um, I got I got cooler friends. I'm friends yeah. with Ben Affleck. Like, yeah. you know? That's what the coolest guy in the land. I'm the best hang. I know. I got the coolest land. I got the best hair. I'll give him that. Yeah. He's right on true. that. Got the best that's hair. The, that's <laughs> one positive trait, his hair. He's got a great head of hair. <laughs> great head of hair. <laughs> Not much else going on. Um, but even from his story. Because in Matt Damon's story, he's not there Mm-mm. when the uh, rape occurs. Mm-hmm. From Adam Drivers, he is. And as an audience member, like, yes, you're guilty. Even yeah. in your point of view. Yes. Well, because he, the way he views the world is so warped that he thinks, yeah. like, what he's doing is fine. Like, he yes. thinks that, ex- that he's just going to convince her that he's so great. That she'll fall in love with him after. Yes, and and we're running around. It's fun. It's like what I do with Ben Affleck when we chase yeah. the, so the, then the when he get, maidens. When he gets sued, he's so blindsided, flabbergasted. He's flabbergasted that any of these like what? But we're in love. Yeah, I chased her around playfully. This doesn't yeah. adhere to my framework. And I like <laughs> Ben Affleck's like you're gonna want to drink like all that wine. Like even Ben Affleck's like, dude. Yeah, I, don't worry. I'm still your bro, and we'll figure this out. But but it's gonna be rough. This is like on the line, my man. <laughs> like, yeah, that, it's very our... it's like it's so like goes to Ben Affleck's like the credit mm-hmm. to the Ben Affleck as a writer and as an actor to play Pierre as a total modern bro. Yeah, a hundred percent. And like. Here's my hot take. It's crazy that he wasn't nominated for Best Supporting Actor. It's, I, know. It, I think it's the best Ben Affleck's ever been, in my opinion. I think it's crazy this movie wasn't nominated for Best Picture. One of the big, big, one of the big snubs. The big whiff, big whiff, because this big movie whiff. is like exactly what they should be looking for, like a exciting movie ass movie that you want to watch, but also like really, really complicated and de- full of like depth and full of like questions and character and like so like endlessly fascinating and interesting and not easy it no. isn't easy because also when you watch this movie like matt damon adam driver ben affleck like these are big stars you like these guys these are my friends my good friend oh no they're bad now the <laughs> friends all- are bad and by the end of this second act you're like <laughs> These are bad guys. These guys suck. Yeah, you're like totally, but you're so yeah. You're like you're you're. When you see the final, we will we'll get there. We'll get there. But when you see the yeah, but but yeah. So then this ends, and we're basically all on the line. Like we know they're going to get to this duel. We know Matt Damon has like said, "I want to fight to the death with this other guy to prove that he's a bad guy." Like, I've challenged him to this duel. So then we get to the third act, the truth according to Lady Marguerite. We mentioned it before. 
it fades out and leaves the word truth yep. on screen just to help us out. We knew it though. As, yeah. modern, oh, as uh, a modern audience, we know that the actual story is going to come in this third act. Yeah. Like we've, yeah, just, yeah. On structure alone. Like, yes. <laughs> so what is basically revealed is that she's a wonderful lady. Yeah, she seems, she seems like a normal, nice person. She is like De- the deathly competent, wants to run her business accordingly, <laughs> treats people fairly. It, like... it, it kind of rolls that like her scenes when she's just has her like, you know, her solo adventures or whatnot. It straight up almost feels like it's almost Hallmark level of just like simplistic in a good way. Like it's, it's just, just like, like she's running the farm. Yeah, appropriately. Xanadu seems like a great life. I never, I never expected a horse fucking scene. We got it. That, yeah, that was unreal. And Matt that, Damon like battering the horse, telling them not to fuck is like wow. I, that, well, this movie that, really, this movie really does have everything. Yeah, if you want to <laughs> see like this movie in a nutshell, like that, that Matt whole Damon scene. trying to get horses not to fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's just very much that whole like yeah, that is just pretty and, much. Yeah, it's it's utterly phenomenal and we gotta we gotta we've mentioned the other actors the fourth actor in our pool here is an actress by the name of jody comer comer oh yeah Co- comer comer jody comer? comer yeah probably jody comer yeah who i oh, um, who i know is a big up-and-comer oh she's so good right in now them. and um i never villanelle and killing i never Eve. yeah i'd never seen that show before Ooh, it's really it, the first season's really good evidently in free guy which Oh yeah, she. It, it sucks that she's in Frigga. That is that is like a blight on her. Uh, otherwise perfect, and it's not her fault. Like Free Guy, that's she's not Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, I, you know she's not Ryan Reynolds. She's not Taika Waititi, which also gives her like instant like. Okay, there's she at least had that going for. Her. Yeah, she's um, she's the best part of Free Guy. I'll give her that 100. <laughs> percent He's in the upcoming film, The Bike Riders. From uh, one of the great unsung directors, Jeff Nichols, his dude, return, that... and I cannot wait for this movie. I, I saw the cast for that, and no. like, ooh, ooh, baby. Uh, Sean Fennessy of The Ringer, his his tweet on it was like, it really does. He's like, this is one of the great dudes rock movies. <laughs> like, well, and I would that's... also argue that this is one of the most anti dudes rock movies. Yeah, dudes the suck. Movie. These are dudes, dudes are bad. Dudes yeah, suck. dudes suck. Dudes suck. This, yeah, these dudes are fucking nightmares. These dudes are so. We see her from her point of view, and she's great. In this she's really great in this movie. And what I like about her performance too is it's not super showy. It's so like it's I'm, such a nuanced, subtle because she has to. It feels like she is in a world where she kind of has to when she is around men she has to walk on eggshells she -hmm. has to be so careful like she has to like you know really you know phrase everything and think everything through which is like the second matt damon leaves town she like takes charge and she's like does and it's like we just see thing after thing of like okay so like we've already seen matt damon is like a social dipshit who is also like okay at best he's what he lacks in skill, I guess he makes up for enthusiasm on the battlefield. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, like, I think but, he just, yeah, I think he just likes to, like, run at things. As a businessman and as a, like, guy who, like, a skilled, like, craftsman at, on the home front, he's terrible. 
Yeah. Um, it seems completely like based on the medieval, he's not. Um, he's a poor lover. Oh, <laughs> oh, totally. Oh, just like, like he, he, he. When I, uh, when you see the scenes with him making love to Jody's cover, like from it, his it, point it, of view versus her point of view. Um. Oh, terrible. Well, like, the, the, the it evokes the... Have you ever seen the YouTube video of the uh, turtle having uh, sex with a croc? <laughs> yeah, no. It's that level of just, like, uh, uh, brute force stupidity. <laughs> and what we get from her story is that she earns the respect of the workers around her, but then the second Matt Damon arrives, it all comes crashing down. He has to take charge like a goddamn jackass. Mm. And it's tough life. Then she is the scene with Adam Driver where he shows up. We've seen he is from his point of view. He thought he completely charmed her and with his like his fancy ass words and talking Mm -hmm. and talking German literature and stuff like that. No no such thing. Mm -hmm. He has not charmed her whatsoever. She has clearly made made it clear. She finds him to be distrust like distrustworthy and shady. Yeah, not a good. His energy is bad. He, his yeah. coat of arms is a fucking snake and a raven. Yeah, like that. <laughs> just evil. You're so, an evil guy. He um. What we see is that the when the assault and rape take place, it is not even close to ambiguous. It is no. It is it's a trick. It was a trick and a trap, and it's like really queasy. In the, yeah, in, it's in a, a way very, it should be. In a way, it should be, yeah. And he's a bad guy. Yeah, Bottom line, it sucks. Bad guy. It sucks. Yeah, yeah he's, he's like, there's nothing, there's no, yeah, there's no way to, like, there's no other way he, you can portray him in. It's completely unambiguous. He did it. He did it. Premedi- he premeditatively did it. <laughs> yeah, with his, like, evil sidekick. I know his, like, sniveling sidekick, who I wish got it. I wish he had gotten it in the end, too. Oh man, that would have been great. Yeah, he's watching from the. the I love he's like, yeah, he's sitting next to freaking uh, flipping uh, uh, Pierre. <laughs> but what they've done is they've done such a great job in this movie of like even like the side characters like that like uh, that guy's name is um, Adam Louvel, played by an mm-hmm. actor named Adam Nagaitis. Mm-hmm. Not not familiar with British guy, yeah. uh, but all of like the Matt Damon's mother. Oh, she's so good too. So good. Um, the attorney representing Adam Driver, who's played by the great Zeljinko Ivanic. Oh yeah, he's is. like a great, great character. Great character. Love, yeah, his whole scene is so great. Like, hey, you should really do this through the church because, like, half of those guys are yeah, I know, <laughs> sex I know. crime people. And, like, Ridley can't help himself to like throw like, oh yeah, of course, all the people in the church are sex crimes people because they suck. They <laughs> like, suck. He's he's, he's taking them all down, folks. The um, Martin Zakis, who was the bad guy in um, Kingdom of Heaven, returns as Matt Damon's friend. Yes, like his number two guy. I love uh, I love when Matt Damon uh when the climactic finale we'll get there we'll get there yeah a uh, great young actor named Alex Lothar plays the king who so plays good. a merciless like sniveling just immature psychopath I told I told uh, Don this uh, before we recorded but he's like as close as you can get to like the Paul Rubens and Thirty Rock portrayal of nobility without yeah. like you just, know like, disgusting yeah yeah veering into care pure caricature <laughs> the um. 
an actress by the name of Serena Kennedy plays the queen who doesn't even get a line, Mm-mm. but just by the, her looks. Like, yeah. because by the end of this movie here, like, every one of the men are just different variations of Cretans. Yeah. And every one of the women are either forced into silence and in complete pain or Lady yeah. Marguerite. <laughs> basically like it's 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 truly a world run by yeah. the dullest and most brutish monsters it is just truly like it is a a place where like might and is power like that's and there's no like there's no way to like you know deal with that uh justly practically yeah. there's um the actress who plays her friend marie who um betrays oh, her right. in court. Tallulah Hayden is her name. Every one of these characters, because at the end of the trial sequence, we cut to close-ups of them as mm-hmm. the like we're watching it all. Mm-hmm. Ridley and the writers have done such a good job in establishing all of them and all of their points of view and who they all are. Like, wow, this is such a rich world. Yeah. It's dark. It's grim as hell. But it's such a rich, fully formed world. Well, and it's like it's so much a rarity in films nowadays, too, where to have the whole world feel lived in and to have like all these like roles with dialogue. Everything feels like all the every character feels fully developed, which is kind of like a miracle. And, uh, and even despite having American actors who aren't really even trying accents in this world. You believe it all. Yeah, it works. Like, we were talking about Off Limits, and I think one thing we missed in Off Limits last week was how it always felt like it took place in the 80s. Never yeah. felt like it took place during the Vietnam era. Like, the period details just weren't there. Mm. And this one, you're like, man, I just feel like totally enveloped and, like, blanketed yeah. by it's like- this world. I'm fully, I fully believe all of it. All the, yeah, all, it's yeah. Well, phenomenal. It's, like every, it's yeah, and it's just so like dirty and like does, like everything and like Matt Damon's like feels Scars like Matt Damon shit on his. Oh face. yeah, feels like yeah. he's rotting or something. Yeah. It's just yeah, nasty, it's phenomenal. And we have you know we have to because it's our last Ridley movie. His longest term collaborator, production designer Arthur Max. I don't think we've spotlighted enough mm-hmm. over the course of this. Every aspect of what Ridley brings to life is because of this guy and their collaboration with wow. each other. Like it's a team effort. He he's done almost every Ridley movie. And it's essential to know. Like he's done the work. He builds out this world for, this, this, for Ridley. This this might be his greatest achievement, honestly. I mean, it this, just, yeah. I mean this and you know, one could argue Prometheus also fits that like in terms of just that huge but that's what you want from a Ridley Scott movie. Even the smaller ones like Matchstick Men or something like that. Or Goodyear. Mm-hmm. Every one of those worlds feels like, oh, this is exactly the world that these characters live in. Yeah. There's nothing. There's not a, like, it's all on screen. There's no, there's, there's nary a false note. Yeah. Yeah. And this is such a, this one in particular, just, man, like, this was like, some movies you pick up your phone, you get a little, you drift a little bit. This was not one of them. You're in it no. yeah. the entire way through. And so basically in this third act, what we learn is that all of it's true and how Bray basically like, they're like, oh yeah, Matt Damon's going to kill you yep. when he finds out. He surprisingly doesn't. 
because he sees it as he needs to redeem himself. He it's like it's another slight against him. Yeah. Not so much that she got hurt, but it's a slight against him. And he wants to challenge Legree because Legree has gotten everything he wants. It's so he's so self-absorbed. Yeah. So <laughs> self-absorbed. We go to the trial and we get kind of Jody's um should have been nominated for best supporting actress. Oh, hundred percent. Like interrogation sequence in which, you know, uh, the insane, the barbaric. Like, yeah, we're gonna put you in iron. I, I'm gonna put an iron collar over you. We're gonna light you on fire. It might take yeah. twenty or thirty minutes. Oh, <laughs> and so basically, what we learn is that what Matt Damon knows and has not told her at all. If he loses the duels, they're going to execute her in a terrible way. Yeah. Because just, God has made it clear she's a liar. Yeah. Well, and, and in Matt Damon's insane worldview, he's like, well, you're it's going to be fine because if you're a liar, then you deserve to burn. And yeah. if you're not a liar, then it's uh, God will uh, support me because God is always yeah. like right or whatever. Psychotic zealotry. And she have, she yeah. rightfully like flips out on him. Yes. And he I love it when she dresses him down in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. It's so satisfying because it's like fucking this guy's such a loser. And like, yeah, and he and he can't even like think. It's great because like he can't like he he can't you know respond in the in this environment in like a brutish physical manner, and he's too stupid to like. Mm-hmm. He can't. And, yeah, he he's just he, he can't do it. He can't think of a, a retort. Absolute credit to Matt Damon's skill and awareness as an actor. To play someone this week and be mm-hmm. open to it. A lot yeah. of actors, like, I was thinking back on like Black Rain. I think mm-hmm. Michael Douglas would do a character like this. Not in a million years. Like, yeah. I mean, and it's like, it's a great, it's a great three dimensional portrayal of a two dimensional ding dong. Yeah. Yeah. And recognize, and same credit goes to Adam Driver and Ben Affleck. For all rec- we're get- we want to challenge ourselves as actors to find like life in these characters who could be like pretty one note villains mm-hmm. in finding like all of this nuance and complications and kind of like it's very interesting. Well, it's like everyone thinks they're the hero of their own story, and that's yes. a great yeah, and that's a great thing. Despite the- and they're not, and they know that as actors, they've done yeah, the exactly. work to know that they are not. But mm-hmm. they're still going to work it completely, and they're not going to just play it like Matt Damon. Firm, uh, Carouge firmly believes he is Orlando Bloom in Kingdom of Heaven. Yes, firmly believes it. Hundred percent. He and is not. We know no. that as an audience. Matt Damon knows that as an actor. Ridley Scott knows that as a director. Yep, that's what makes it so good because it isn't one note. So. The king has presented all of the evidence in a harrowing interrogation in which Marguerite goes through the ringer. Science, yep. the science of the time is presented. Oh God, baby so be, a baby cannot be uh, conceived if sex is not pleasurable. It's a, a, a true. And hey, and make sure and, to have all your humors checked. Make sure to yeah, have all your and, bile um, checked. And <laughs> was it? Were, were there any spells cast? <laughs> Prior to having sex, because that will make a difference too. 
I love that part where they're like, okay, you can't have no spells. No that's spells. Their, that's their version of uh that's their version of doping. It's like, you know, oh. you can't have a is that a wizard near you? Get out of Yeah, you. I know. How for, have you been hanging out too often with any witches or wizards? <laughs> like <laughs> I see a guy there, he kinda looks like a goblin. <laughs> yeah, it's just it just shows just how like and it's backwards. Backwards the entire thing is. And how like much of a mountain poor Lady Marguerite has to climb for justice. Yeah. Like, oh man. And the king, and you see it, I love the cuts to the queen. Doesn't get a line. Who just has this grim look on her face, like I know where this woman is coming from. Mm-hmm. I feel so bad for her. I am completely and utterly not allowed to speak up. Yeah. And it's tragic. And it's so well done. The king is like this 16-year-old Cretan who's like, you could tell, like, I kind he's like, I kind of want to see this duel. That's like he's, how he judges the entire thing. It's like he's like giggling mm. like a little fool. Like he's so he's he just slimy. he's just like, yeah, he's just so depraved. He's like, I just want to see this duel. This sounds fun. Yeah, what an adventure. Like, yeah, another, I want to hear yeah. the I want to hear the details of this heinous crime. And I want to see this duel. Yeah. Oh, also we have to shout out to uh uh, Dame Harriet Walter as uh, Karaj's mother. Yes, yes, that, Ooh, yeah, great. Who reveals like this is amazing scene where she she does not really like Lady Marguerite from the start because I think she thinks she's like she knows her son's a dingdong. Yeah, and she knows Lady Marguerite is actually probably more capable in most aspects of life <laughs> than Matt Damon is. Yep. Doesn't want to admit it though. She reveals that she too had been assaulted and raped, and she's like, "I just kept quiet. You should do the yeah, same." I'm and fine. it's like it's, it's a like, harrow, it's a harrowing like gut punch of a scene. Deeply grim, just like so. Yeah, it's like what a grim. Yeah, great. So many great performances in this movie. I know. Every everyone brings like such a memorable, and everyone gets a moment. It's really solid. So the king decrees it. Let's do this duel. We finally get there. Does it live up to what we've been waiting for the last two hours? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> Everyone's there. The whole the whole cast is watching. The whole cast is there watching. Lady Marguerite's up in like this like building. It's like she's basically like chained up and has to watch the entire thing. So crazy. Like, yeah, like she's literally like they like undo, unlock her from fetters when the fight is over. So they go at it, man. We got everything in this. We get jousting. We get axes. We get sword fights. We get like just fists. I can't hand combat. They're like shady knife stuff, shady knife stuff. They're beating the shit out of each other. We get the, um, I love when Damon gets stabbed in the leg and you could tell it got it, like, it got a good, yeah. Driver gets him pretty good. They, it's cut, like up artery, Af- they cut up to Affleck, who is might be a little on the head, but I do like it. He's like, Karush might bleed out before, you know, and he, he's like, you're right. Oh, he might. Ooh. Like, it might not even be like a big moment. He might just like drop dead from bleeding out so that gets implanted in your mind the entire time because basically what they've done at this point you don't necessarily want matt damon to beat adam driver you want matt damon to beat adam driver 
so Lady Marguerite doesn't die. You want Lady Marguerite <laughs> to live. You're, you're like that's that's like like, and you never expect that two hours before that that's where all of this is leading. All you want is for her to live because it would be that as a like she's the only good guy. Yeah, she's in literally. This movie. The- yeah, she's literally the only thing worth fighting for in this entire godforsaken world. Like yeah. it is, yeah. Seems like well, a lovely, and it's like the only a, lo- a lovely fair person yeah, who has gotten up, who is something terrible has happened to. It's like yeah, it's literally the only moments in the movie are the ones like of like of normalcy and like and non and functionality, like where the yeah. world doesn't seem inherently dysfunctional, is when she's running shit. And it's like it again going back to Oppenheimer, which is so interesting, is um mm. another example of like you think that people in like places of power, leadership, intellect have it together and are doing things for any reason other than like self battling selfish insecurities. Mm. They're not. No. Sorry, my camera fell. Uh they're not. And it's so depressing. Yeah, like when you realize Strauss's deal, when you get to that like I moment, know, you're that like, at the yeah. ending, like what it was all about at the end, you're like, oh. like, and it's the same thing. It's He's a slighted like, nerd. I know, and it's like it goes back to like, so it's just like I think I've talked about this before. So you know the pro football quarterback, one of the greats of all time, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He can name all like twenty-two people who are drafted ahead of him and when they left the league. Wow, yeah, that's just like, dude, and you, you gotta how, like Michael Jordan's Hall of Fame speech was just listing all of the coaches who doubted him. So we many... are not as advanced as a society. As we would like to think we are. (laughs) Yeah, we all can have our moments of. Yeah, it's it is crazy because like I can understand spite on a certain level, but it is wild that like it's wild and it's kind of sad that like even at that level you can still be after all that success. You've not found any level of peace, and you only are fueled by this thing. And yeah, my God, life is short, man. Like you're fine. Yeah. Fine. Run, run the Charlotte Hornets, dude, or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah. You're fine. Yeah. Have a, have a sandwich and a glass of wine and sit outside while you do it. Exactly. That's all there is. That's really. Yeah. And I, maybe call your kids. Like, yeah, that's maybe. all there is. Seriously. Yeah. Call your kids. Maybe yeah. you'd benefit from falling into an open pool and not hurting anything, yeah, I, but just. Not hurting anything, but just thinking about it. Just thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. Thinking about that cool uncle. Yeah, like, taught you about literature and wooing the ladies and good wine and smoking cigars. Snuck you a cigar when you were like twelve. I know. <laughs> cigar uncle, we all need a cigar uncle. All need a cigar uncle, man. Jeez, I'm glad my brother. I consider a great cigar uncle mm, to my good, to my daughter. That's good. Hey, Andrew, though, no cigar, only only candy cigars. Only candy cigars. <laughs> we get to the final fight. We're gonna spoil it. We've already gotten this far. We're gonna spoil everything. It is brutal. It's insane. And again, though, so Matt Damon gets Adam Driver. We think Matt Damon. Matt Damon gets kicked in the head by a horse. And usually that's like. Yeah, that's like that would kill you. In movie lore, from what I understand, (laughs) kicked by a horse, you're dead. 
that's like, like a, yeah, that's an owie. It's an absolute death sentence to get like kicked in the dome by a horse. I'm honestly surprised that uh, uh, there was not like a sequence where like Matt Damon gets up and like half of his skull is like caved in. It had, to, really... it had, it had to be CG. They had, they had some scary horse stuff in this movie. It had to be CG, right? Oh, for sure. I think it a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I like the idea of like. I mean, I guess they could like film it in a way where like they maybe like they green screen Does, the horns and who knows. It doesn't seem safe. We'll no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they're not bringing a horse on set. Don't worry. This horse is like two inches away from your head. You'll be fine. Yeah. Um. <laughs> they're like they get the shit kicked out of them. Both guys. It's great. It's a phenomenal. Mm. It's a Hall of Fame fight. Like it, it, it lives up to the hype of the titular title mm-hmm. of the movie. Matt Damon gets Adam Driver down. And he's like, confess, confess. And you're like, yes, we're reaching a crescendo. Yes. Adam Driver won't do it. Mm-mm. Won't do it at all. So what does Matt Damon do? He jams that fucking dagger right down to Adam Driver's throat, kills him right there on yep. the spot. Well, at the end of the day, like, you know. And, Matt da- had- and Adam Driver, because he is like, Matt Damon is a bullheaded jackass. Mm-hmm. Adam Driver did commit a heinous crime. Oh, evil. Totally justified. <laughs> yeah. But it's also like, I think it's like a matter too of like, at the end of the day, who has the stronger convictions? Who yeah. like, actually, I think like, yeah, I think like <laughs> Matt and wanted it more. Then like those societal convictions come back in this really like deflating and beautifully put together final sequence. Yeah. In which the crowd like cheers and goes nuts when Matt Damon stands up and like bows to the king. Mm-hmm. Everyone is like, yeah, like great yeah. fucking fight. God is God did it. Yeah. You know? his, uh, his 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 like dumb friend is like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like they cut to Lady Marguerite, who's just like, these men are like the worst guys. I'm like, I fear. Oh, it should be noted too. There is a really, really phenomenal sequence right before this. She's had the baby mm-hmm. and she talks about she would never have done this now that she knows what it feels like to be a mother. Yep. She does not want to put her life on the line. And it's a beautiful, more depth, more interesting, more complications. Like it adds more richness to the characters and how they feel. Yeah, it's, it's so like, beautiful in its own mm-hmm. dark way. It's a sacrifice that she didn't realize she did not want to make because she didn't know Ex- what was on the line. Yeah, exactly. How great! That's drama. Good. That's good, drama. Good writing. Good film. Shout out to like everybody. Matt Dam- yeah, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, and uh, Nicola. How do you Hall pronounce Center. her? Dude, they crushed it. And it's so crazy that, like, yeah, the lady who who is known for directing, like, Enough Said and, like, kind of like uh, uh, upper middle class uh, dramedies uh, had this really great historical drama that's so... uh, I know. Although her work is, like, deceptively complex, too. Well, I mean, if you can continue to work and get funding nonstop, Mm -hmm for these like human drama middle-aged human dramedies that she does yeah um you gotta be really fucking good you got some spice (laughs) yeah you got some fucking spice you're good you gotta be really smart and really good so everyone is like man how great and how great of a night is matt damon 
fire. Yeah. They all love him. Ben, I love him here. They keep cutting back to Ben Affleck, who is just crestfallen that his number one bro for life. Yeah, my my homie. His homie. My homie. And, well, it's and, like also he's like, oh, who's gonna do my taxes now? It's like <laughs> what a bummer. And then they show like all of these like young ruffians like rummaging through Matt Adam Driver's dead body for stuff. Like, and he gets stripped down and just drug away naked. Yeah. And then well, hung up it, from the gallows. It and really like, lays bare. After all of that, after all of his hard work, after all of his social climbing, throw that guy in the mud. Who gives yeah. a shit? Like, none of it means anything. There's no honor. It. It's all There's a construct. At the end of the day. Nothing. He's, yeah. He's a corpse. Yep. He's garbage. Dirt. Yeah, dirt. I know times are tough in 2023. Never in a million years want to live in this time period. No, I feel like, yeah, I think it's a good rule of thumb. Whatever time period you're living in is the best, like, even if it's kind of bad right now, like, I'd even. What a nightmare. What a nightmare. I would. Yep. I would be so dead. Oh, I would be immediately arrow to the head or uh, I would try to, like, politely disagree with Matt Damon and he would like Patrick, have me gelded he would, or he'd be, Matt Damon would be yelling at us as we're trying to like scheme on some way to get the hell out of there. <laughs> Run away. Yeah. Let's go to Jerusalem. You know, maybe <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe I don't, maybe, I I don't, don't even know. I, I guess know. like I'm trying to think of like what a good safe place. There's not really an option. That's the problem. I guess Venice maybe. I don't know. But yeah. so it's so amazing is that Damon is like riding through town getting this hero's welcome that he feels he's always deserved. Mm-hmm. Like he's so pumped about it. Yeah. Few horses back, Jody Comer is riding and she's just like, geez. Who cares? You gotta live with this asshole. Like yeah. after all this, I gotta deal with this guy. This sucks. Whatever. Fade <laughs> to black. Mm-hmm. We cut to her a couple years later, watching her son run around through the fields. She looks <laughs> phenomenal. She looks gorgeous in the sun draped like field and stuff like that. It's straight up like she's in heaven and gladiator. Like that, like the brightness. They're like, what happened? We cut to a title card. Jean de Carreau went on the crusades a couple years later and died. Unceremonious. And you're like, and then they cut to her like smiling, and then they cut to her title card. She lived a long, fulfilling life for the next 40 years. (laughs) Yeah. And she never remarried. Bravo! Yeah, good on you. Ever, these assholes are gone. She just wanted a small business. She just wanted to, like, you know, have some property. You know, <laughs> immensely, Watch. immensely satisfying movie. Uh, it's a banger. It's an awesome, awesome movie. It's grim. It's dark. There's some definitely some very difficult moments to watch. Ultimately, though, so satisfying. It's like on par with like it is like uplifting at the level of Maximus entering Elysium. Like but that you're level happy of for her that she's rid of these guys. She can raise her son in a beautiful place. Or Maximus, rather. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as Patrick mentioned, screenplay by Nicole Hall Center, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, based on uh, the book The Last Duel: A True Story of Crime, Scandal, and Trial and by Combat in Medieval France by Eric Jagger, which I would like to read. 
I know. I'm like, sounds good. Yeah. Uh, when uh, any listeners, you know, we'll send it. We'll give you our email in a bit. But yeah. like, if you have any books on like the Hundred Years War, like, give me a suggestion because now yeah. I'm like, I'm all in. I want to know what. This is fascinating. This is exciting stuff. Cinematography mm-hmm. by Darius Wolski, edited by Claire Simpson, music by Her- Harry Gregson Williams, production mm-hmm. designed by Arthur Max. These are regulars in the world of Ridley Scott, as we yep. know. All at the top um, of the game. One thing's to really note, of course, this is Matt Damon and Ben Affleck's first joint screenwriting credit since Goodwill Hunting. This was a big deal. Yeah. Announced. Um, might have been a little young, so I don't know if you were there in the time of Goodwill Hunting fever. Oh, but, I had Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. I do remember that. Yeah, that's a movie that everyone loved. Like that's and, and I still I like that movie. It's a great And I think part- it was also like this like it was such a like neat story about these two young actors yeah. writing themselves into the superstardom. That is so kind of cool. Always like that to go along with it, which was kind of like this very neat thing and they were these two like very i mean i remember the girls in my high school there was a real damon affleck which one do you like best oh, yeah. <laughs> kind of you know and it was and it's still to this day it is the lesson to young actors if you're not getting the part you want write it yourself yeah and attack and build out like that and um so this was such a big deal like initially announced in July of 2015 with Francis Lawrence to direct, who I think has done like Hunger Games and uh, he did like I Am Legend. Yeah. He's like uh, a very, um, I, he's like a workman like direct work, you know, not a, not but, a bad director, but not like, uh, not a Scott though. Yeah. But by July, 2019, the Scott Affleck Damon pairing was announced. And everyone's like, geez, okay. Go. This is a moneymaker. And then they, brought in Nicole Hall of Center to join them for the writing, which I think is an incredibly smart move because I think you need a female perspective in 100%. writing this in writing this screenplay. And I think that why not hire one of the smartest people around to yeah, provide one of the that? Best of the, yeah, one of the yeah. best to do it, like for sure. And um at the same time though, this is when the Fox Disney merger occurred. Mm. This was a Fox thing. Uh, they were apparently there was um, some nervousness on the Disney side on the subject matter. Mm-hmm. But and so they were like, is Disney going to sell the rights to this package? Um, and everyone's like, well, every studio in town would want to buy this package if they were selling to. <laughs> um, but Disney ended up hanging on to it. Uh, Jody Comer was brought in Adam Driver was brought in and this is after Ben Affleck opted to switch roles because I believe at the beginning it was supposed to be the two guys in the duel were going to be Damon and Affleck which if you're a studio executive I think that there is an excitement mm-hmm. in that you oh know, for sure it's like such a... there's like such a narrative there that you could sell oh yeah it's like it's very much well. It's like I feel like it's like one of the lads. There's so few um, opportunities to make movies like surrounding bankable stars nowadays. It I know, feels like like what a movie star pairing to like have them like be rivals in a movie yeah. and have them have to like kill each other. Like there is, it's like tempting. A, yeah, there's a great temptation, but I think Ben Affleck, I chalk it up to him having a very busy 
career as an actor and director and that kind of deal. Um, And also, I think Pierre is like a fun role. Yeah, I think it's a it's a like it's a different kind of thing for him, and I think he really, really, really shines. Like we both said, we think he should have been nominated for best supporting actor. He he's terrific, and I think Adam Driver brings a real like as he does in everything he does energy and juice yeah to agree you buy him completely you bring he brings his weird edge to it yeah it's like yeah he has like a i feel like he has such a knack for playing like uh self-serious nerds yeah yeah he has such a like that yeah he has an edge to that playing a dark side yeah dangerous dangerous kind of guy you know, mm-hmm. is in his wheelhouse as well. It's um. So the last duel was one of the you know. They had uh issues with it was originally scheduled to be released in 2020, ended up being released in, um, October of 2021, um, due to the COVID pandemic. Mm-hmm. Now it premiered at the. Venice Film Festival on September 10th of 2021. Got great reviews out of there. I think there were really high hopes. Um, but what wasn't really accounted for was that the audience for this kind of picture is an adult, older audience. And um, those were the kind of have proven to be the last people to return regularly to cinemas. Yeah. It really, it feels like they didn't really come out and drove us until Oppenheimer like it, which is crazy and we'll or see maybe. what happens we'll see what happens this fall because obviously there's some pretty um I mean they're all premiering right now oh, yeah. on the film festival scene yeah pretty major films that are gonna really test this dude there's like yeah there's like a couple, this is a big this is a high octane year for cinema it is I mean the the auteurs and that kind of thing are back in the game and you know we'll see what happens I'm I'm pumped I want to see all of them, but we were going to see all of them anyway, as the movie heads we are. Um, so on a budget of $100 million, the last duel made 30.6. The box office, which is unequivocally kind of, like not successful. Kind of rough. Yeah. It's a very rough go. Um, two and a half hours long, very difficult subject matter yeah I, um, I, saw, I saw it in theater i can't remember theaters i can't remember if i saw it with my family or not mm-hmm. i think i might have just seen this on my own uh yeah it wasn't like a um yeah i i don't remember a lot of people being in my theater it's a tough it's a tough i think it's, it's, it was a tough sell at the yeah, time it was tough sell and i think there's also this feeling like oh it's really scott like doing a really scott thing yeah it's thing. like like we've already seen robin hood and kingdom of heaven we're fine we can skip this yeah. one Exactly. Uh, Ridley Scott on in a November 2021 interview with Mark Maron on the WTF podcast blamed it <laughs> blames his box office family firmly on millennials. Ooh, <laughs> baby. Saying, I think what it boils down to what we've got today are, are the audience who were brought up on these fucking cell phones. The millennium do not want it. to be taught anything yes. unless you're told it on a cell phone. Let's go. I love deep, it. Deep, deeply get off my lawn. 
type status there from really <laughs> Scott. Love from uh, from saying it as millennium to uh, the entire it's the, the entire thing is golden. Very old man. It, it, but it's old man in a way that I love. It's so so crotchety and uh, persnickety about. I mean, and I can feel like it's so funny, man. Like I can feel. Um, I can feel myself starting to as I get older. Like I can feel a bit of that. Like when I look at generation Gen Z, uh, and you realize, oh, like these people can't. Like I was at a, like I was at a, like a movie. I was at a, like I think it was like the Spider Man movie or whatever uh, on the subject of Spider Man. Uh, I saw I, it was like all the kids that were watching it. I was at AMC. They couldn't get off their phones. It was like yeah. wild. It was like totally like I feel like people truly can't watch movie. Like they can't. Just sit down and watch a thing now, which is crazy. I so know, I and yeah. and I think that like one of the absolute joys of going to the theater beyond anything else is co- the complete letting go. Yeah, and I think it is like I would recommend it to the phone it, obsessed. Like it does feel good to like oh, completely man. let go. Like next weekend, Patrick, we're doing a three day marathon potty training Ooh. with the baby. Yeah. And I read this entire book about it. And one thing I should say, we can't call her a baby anymore. That's part of the psychological side of this. But mm. they said, you have to be so focused that you should, you're not allowed to have TV on while they oh. are awake. And you're not allowed to look at your phone while they're awake. Because you have to be t- dialed in completely with the bodily functions of your child. And that's gonna be crazy it, gonna, i think it's groovy i think it's that's, very that, groovy. that'll be good that'll be good i mean i like i'm like i'm a huge proponent of uh going on a walk with no not even music just going yeah. on a walk and just like chilling with your thoughts for a bit it's good it's, it's good. very yeah. exciting and worthwhile stuff yeah. um but you know i think this movie's a tough sell oh I don't for sure i think it's an easy film it's not fun it's not particularly fun. It's very intriguing, and if you're event, you know, it's very interesting. It gives you a lot to chew on as an mm-hmm. audience go, as an audience member. But I don't think it's like necessarily like it's not gladiator. Yeah, well, and it's not maybe fun's the wrong word because I think there's like it's a an enjoyable, it's an enjoyable experience. It's not, yeah, it's not easy like you said. It's not yeah. like a, you really have to, and it's a movie where you can't immediately make a snap judgment about it. Which we're so yeah. accustomed to doing nowadays. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think it surprises you, too, because you're presented with these characters who, I guess, from a patriarchal movie-going point of view, you expect one of these guys to be heroic. Yeah. Be kind of like the Maximus, and none of them are. No, they're both ding-dongs. They're both um, Ben Affleck said of the film's financial failure, I've had bad movies that didn't work, and I didn't blink. I know why people didn't go, because they weren't good. But I liked what we did. I like what we had to say. I'm really proud of it. So I was really confused. But then to see it did well on streaming, I thought, well, there you go. That's where the audience is. Ben, much more measured, much more thoughtful. Yeah, his, he got it. Yeah. assessment. There's, there's a, yeah, because there's a way of insulting. Like I, I kind of like... Rid- Ridley Scott's drubbing of millennials is a bit like it's, it's a funny. Fun... It's very yeah. funny. It's very funny, but it's also like you got to respect your audience too. If you're gonna, and you know, the audience is the moms and the dads out there who want to see this movie. Yeah, they're gonna watch it at home. 
I mean, at the end of the day, if you're going to hire a babysitter and go to the movies, I mean, we want, we hired a babysitter to go see The Last Scream. We went to dinner. Yeah. Two. Ooh. I think the night cost me like 200 bucks. Jesus. Like, That's, I mean, that's all, just how crazy, all things considered, like... I mean, dinner and paying the sitter and buying snacks and the tickets and all that kind of thing. It's like, yeah. So it better gets my movements on scream. We're like, at least it's going to be entertaining. <laughs> like, it might not be great. It might not be the greatest movie ever, but it's like, I know we're going to have a nice time. Like, it's going to be like fun. Yeah, And you know, well, like, yeah, you know, you're, you want to, you know, you're gonna have a, a decent time and you're not like worried. Yeah, because that is like the thing. It, like, I think it is like one of the worst film going experiences is when you go to a movie that kind of promises to be quality and deep and it, it rings hollow. Like that's a tough sacrifice or a tough gamble to make, especially when you, you only have like three or four times to see a movie every year. And if you're gonna do it like as a, I mean, you could, like, like not many people are like I am, and willing to like, I like going to see movies by myself. You're a movie head. That's like I like your, you know, yeah. like it's Some people a are sportos. relaxing thing. Yeah, it's a relaxing Yeah. thing to go see a movie by myself. And Last Duel, Jen wasn't particularly interested. I'm gonna see Last Duel by myself if I have time. Yeah, maybe. Like, maybe you know, Yeah. and that's kind of, I think, where this movie falls because it's like. Yeah. I'm going to go see a movie, you know, you're going to pick your, like, I don't know, like a big, like, really intriguing one or something like that. Like, Last Duel, because it did feel like another Ridley Scott medieval movie, doesn't, like, reach the heights of, like, oh, what's the deal with, like, licorice pizza? <laughs> what's the deal with, like, Armageddon time or something like that? You know, Right, it's like. right. It is well. It does you know, Scott. You know, it. He, he, he's just. He has juice in some regards, but he's deceptively. It seems like he's juiceless in other regards, and Yeah. I feel like with Scott, he's like a kind of like. And that's I think something with last. we can talk about next week too. It's Oh, I for that's sure. part of like the draw. It's like he's not Paul Thomas Anderson. He's not Wes Anderson. He's not Martin Scorsese. Like they don't feel like, oh, what is it gonna be? Like you kind of feel like I kinda know what's gonna be. Cancel Yeah. cancel we made drama <laughs> like of some Exactly. sort. Yeah. And it's like, well, and it's like the things that like like the last duel is not on what on paper up until this point we were convinced that like Scott's like skill like he's like a big scope drama type of guy. He's like a sci fi type of you know what I mean? Like he's not like I think like um I don't think like he's like you don't think he's as thoughtful and as depth like the Yeah. depth de the depth like you watch the Irishman we've talked about it on that episode we talk about it all the time like there's so many like questions Yes. and like real like deep like internal probing going on and you don't really expect that the self reflection isn't necessarily there in the same way and Which that's is why like this this. movie is that's why this movie is surprising. Yeah, exactly. Uh, eighty-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. A little low. Too low. The last duel's critique of systemic misogyny isn't as effective as it might have been, but it remains a well-acted and thought-provoking drama infused with epic grandeur. Come on, I don't, Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know. Get out of here. I think, you know, o o Owen Gleiberman of Variety called it a rather interesting medieval soap opera. <laughs> Um, I think 
I I uh, Ben Kroll of IndieWire gave it a B plus and said something all too rare on the current Hollywood field of battle. An intelligent and genuinely daring big budget melee that is, above all else, the product of a recognizable artistic collaboration. Mm. Mm. I think um David Fear of Rolling Stone says it ends up so perching per, ends up perching so close to parody at times you swear the full title was Monty Python's The Last Duel. And it, what are you watching? I really disagree. And Ben Affleck got nominated for a fucking Razzie for best worst supporting actor. Okay, the Razzies are just a stupid, stupid fucking, thing. Be yeah, bad. they like they and they're doing that just because like like you know it's like it's Ben Affleck and he's uh, like, they still live in like Healy a, world. I think there was like a deal too with like their haircuts and that kind of thing in this movie, and Fuck I think like. Off. Again, this Sorry. is a very like quick reaction internet thing, and I'm so happy to get to this movie a little bit later because I think I think this is one of the special movies in Ridley Scott's catalog. Mm-hmm. And I think um it's one of his most thoughtful movies. I think that um I don't think people at this stage of the game want to give Matt Damon and Ben Affleck credit for being such savvy creators, mm-hmm. but they are. Like, yes. Um, I think everyone involved really brings their A game. I think all the performances are great. I think it's a deeply compelling, if um, complicated movie. Yeah, I think, and I think like it's so clear that this movie's like goals are in the, like it's like a it's a it's a complex film, but I also think it's a morally unambiguous film. Yeah, and anyone. I don't understand. Like, come on. I don't know. I don't know. I think like a lot of people. I, I, ser- I seriously do think that people can't. I think attention spans have shrunk or so. I think people yeah. watch the first half hour of this movie and then they immediately formulate what the idea of the, the film is in their head. And they don't yeah. like uh, think about it any further, which is sad. I, I think it's a, <laughs> a very rich kind of like an ideal of what a big budget movie I think for adults should be, mm-hmm. you know, and I think, and I, and I was also thinking about it. We, we, it's not like we've been easy on Ridley Scott. No. Through these last 27 or 26, 27 movies. We've like, we've drubbed him a couple times for sure. There like, have been ones we have not liked. Ooh, like, yeah. And we'll get to that next week too. But I, so I think like when we give something like the last duel or all the money in the world, good reviews, I think we're we're fair. Yeah, we're coming. I think we're coming from a real place, and I think like, and I also understand too that like the subject matter is very grim. Yeah, oh, yeah. And like, it's and not you easy don't, to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you don't like, it's totally fine just to be like, not for me. Like that's yep. not like that. That's a hundred percent like a reasonable. I just think that like, if you're someone whose job is to critically assess a film. And I think, yeah, I think it's just like, I feel like a lot of people uh, were very quick to not give this movie the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And I yeah. think that this is um, definitely one of his better films. Yeah. If 100%. not one of his best, if not one of his best films. And mm-hmm. I think um, definitely worth your time if you, you know, if you're not feeling it, you're not feeling it. But yeah. If you are feel- if you are interested in sitting down for this film, I think the rewards are there. 
Yeah, and I think that, and it's just, oh man, yeah, Jodie Comer, uh, Matt Damon, yeah, best, some of the best acting of the 2020s right there for you. Yeah, I think it's it's just, this again, this is what you're after if you want an adult-oriented, but not like bare-bones indie movie. Yeah, that's what I like about it, too. It's not a, it's not, um, like, it's a well-crafted, intelligent film, but it's not taking, like, it's not like a, um, a self-serious, it doesn't, like, it remains movie, a movie, it remains a movie. It's called The Last yeah. Duel, it, 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 and it, and it lives up to the promise of its title. Yeah, and well, and Ridley Scott, he never has, he never puts on airs. That's the one thing I will always l- appreciate about Ridley Scott. He never puts on airs. He never, his movies never come from a stuffy place. And I have, uh, that's, I, I appreciate that about him. Yeah, I mean, he's still trying to entertain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But if you disagree and you're like, this that movie sucked ass. Yeah, like, that's I, a big old know, dookie. Big old dookie. And, and like, it's a phony ass movie. And I agree with that it is Monty Python's The Last Duel. <laughs> Yeah, I give it uh, four cloud noses. Yeah. Check in with us at the Academy Academy Podcast at gmail.com or on Twitter or X at the Academy Whatever. I don't know. I'm X. Whatever. Get out of here. Get it's out over. It's over. Only, only X I know is a band uh, based out of uh, Southern California. Add a couple more X's on there. You get Vin Diesel, too, and mm. Triple X. Think about that. Ooh. Hey, yeah. Elon, that's the turn turn X into a triple X uh, fan. I form. think his name is Xander <laughs> Cage in that movie. Yes. Yeah, one of the great characters. I love Ken Diesel. Diesel. I, I, oh my God. I saw. Funniest uh, guy. Funniest. I, uh, my, my, my parents were in town a couple of weeks ago. We were in Sherman Oaks getting coffee, and my mom claimed that she saw. Vin Diesel come out of a coffee shop, and I swear to God, it was just a middle aged, bald, a middle aged old man, a bald old man. But then it was also like, I mean, I was thinking about it too, and I was like, well, middle, he is a middle aged old man at this point, and he is famous for having a dad bod. Yeah, was he wearing sleeves? No, see, that's where my mom was like, she might be right. Then you're on the right path, Patrick's mom. Like yeah, hey mom, if you're listening, you might be on. You might be because she's. We've had situations before where, like, uh, one time we were at a we were at the the restaurant Republic, nice restaurant on La Brea, and uh, apparently we were sitting next to Kanye West and Kim Kardashian. Wow, the entire time, and I didn't know. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of. I'm kind of um, blind to that kind of thing too, unless they have like a very specific look. Yeah. Um, if they're like generically like good looking, I just I miss them. Oh, like, totally! I, I I miss I miss Natalie Portman at a uh yeah. the at the what's the place that we used to Fred go get? sixty two Fred sixty two. So yeah, apparently Natalie Portman went in there one time. I totally missed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some people have a real good eye for that. I am like no, I miss it all the time. Like, huh, are they are they famous? Maybe they look they're they're good looking. <laughs> Yeah. Like, <laughs> see, I'm I'm the weird character actor because, like, I I I remember seeing Jimmy Simpson uh, yeah. on on Larchmont when I was getting ice cream. See, I that saw... would be so, yeah, like yeah, that's who you that's who I recognize too. Is if they're like yeah. um, the character actor. Yeah, but... I saw BJ BJ Novak at a Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's my level of cool big actor. Um, 
Steve Janowski at a Starbucks, and I was really, really pumped about that. That, yeah, dude. I don't, even, I, know the, I, don't even, I don't even know the actor's name. I just Steve know it's Little. Steve, uh, Steve, yeah, Steve, Steve, yeah, Steve, Steve Janowski. Yeah. Oh, his name <laughs> that show is so much more complex than his real name. McLovin sat behind us at a My Morning Jacket concert. And I was my biggest thing was I was just really pumped. I had better seats than McLovin. That <laughs> beat McLovin. I beat McLovin. I uh, I was at Warby Parker and uh, I saw uh, John Cho getting a bagel. I saw yeah. there was a bagel and uh, I could tell it was him because like it's actually it's so funny because we're talking about like you know weird character actors we recognize, but like John Cho, he had like a mask on. But his hair was like so scientifically better. I mean, yeah, that was how I recognized Nolan at Gelson's. Was um, if you got a, like a cool haircut like you're famous yeah. for, you'll probably be yeah. Yeah. Although the, be- the funniest one is I was up by UCB Franklin <laughs> on Halloween, and I was going to Franklin and Company when they were around to have beer Ooh. before a show, mm-hmm. and I was like. Slash from Guns N' Roses was sitting out front, and it took me ten minutes to realize it's Halloween and that someone dressed as Slash from Guns N' Roses. That's like it was like, it was like, does Slash wear the top hat just like out and about? I mean, he's in every commercial he's in, he's wearing the top hat, dressed like Slash. But does Slash dress like Slash? Where he's just like having dinner. Yeah, <laughs> he was having yeah, he was having a uh, you know a chicken sandwich at Birds. I know. Yeah, I was like, why is Slash at Birds dressed as Slash? Like, it's so weird. It's like I guess like yeah, just like does does Dave Navarro wear eyeliner when I he's out? Yeah, <laughs> that, that yeah brought up all sorts of questions. And it took me ten minutes to realize, oh, that's someone dressed for Halloween <laughs> as Slash because it's Halloween right now. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, smart. Yeah. Very smart, done. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel you. I would, I would fall for if I saw a guy wearing the slash hat. Uh, I would think for a second that he's slash. That costume was excellent because it fooled me as a Guns N' Roses fan. I mean, it could be like a you know a classic uh, monster uh, scenario where like, oh, it's Halloween, I get to be Slash for the night. Oh yeah, it's that's, perfect... when, like, that's when like dang Frankenstein comes out. Yeah, Frankenstein's like, ooh, I can go party now. Cause no, one will, gonna... no one will know. I can just be Frankenstein. I can go yeah. to birds. I dressed up like a gargoyle. I'm not a gargoyle. <laughs> yeah, what is Frankenstein's <laughs> Halloween costume? Anyway, this, that's <laughs> a rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> next week on the show, we have done it. We've watched every Ridley Scott movie yep. currently available to us. Word is Napoleon is very, very close to being pulled to 2024, ooh. by the way. We'll see. The Scott Scott finale. No new movies. Much to discuss. Awards. Countdowns. Final thoughts. Will we decide upon the grand unified theory of Ridley Scott? We'll Mm. see. I don't know. Is there a method to the madness? Is there any method to this at all? Is he just... (laughs) A random commercial filmmaker with no personal side. <laughs> yeah. None of this mattered or had meaning at all. Every act mercenary. Yeah. Is he, yeah. Is he just a mercenary? Who knows? Mm. We will find out maybe next week. We'll discuss it all and shut the door, close the book on 
all of this. But is this project over? This weird semi-related project that we're doing? No. No. Not at all. Because the week after that, we returned part two of the Vulgar Auteur, the Further Adventures of Michael Bay, in which we take a look at two provocative, ripped from the headlines, true stories, <laughs> with 2013's Pain and Gain. Oh, one of the greats. And oh, no. 13 hours, the secret soldiers of Benghazi. What are the oh, wait, oh, oh wait, no, oh, no, what have we done? What have we done? What are we doing to ourselves? I don't know. I don't we'll know. See. I haven't, I've been so scared of this. I haven't even told Jen that these are next up on the list because I'm like, I don't want to see the look on her face. She yeah, <laughs> you're watching Jim Office uh, destroy <laughs> Libya. <laughs> yeah. Jack office. Jack office. Jack office. That was the funniest thing ever. Jack office. He's at it again. At it again. The movie's strictly made for dudes on the internet who are still screaming about Benghazi. Yes. <laughs> uh, like my favorite, one of my favorite posters. Uh, uh, <laughs> Who's the the devil went down to Georgia guy? Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> Charlie Daniels. Charlie Daniels, R.I.P. <laughs> yeah, after he I almost died, said, I almost said George Michael. <laughs> after he died, he's still tweeting about Benghazi <laughs> from the grave. It rules. Oh, we'll talk Isn't... about it. we'll talk about it all in two weeks. So it's bound to be a really deranged episode. <laughs> yeah, total brain well, melter that one. Both films are currently on Paramount Plus. Mm. If you want to watch them, I just canceled Paramount Plus, so I may have to get it again. Oh, you're you're going to miss out on uh, everyone's favorite show, uh, uh, the Montana Cowboy Friends, or whatever. The, the, the damn Tulsa King. Yeah, Tulsa King. Oh, man. Stallone. The, Stallone, yeah. Can the mafia survive in the Midwest? Jeez, can anything? <laughs> sorry, mm. sorry. That was the West Coast elite me coming out. Um, mm. Both Pain and Gain and 13 Hours can be rented as well. And they're on uh, Blu-ray, too. Nice. Fairly readily available. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know what? I'm still dreading these less than six underground. So <laughs> yeah, Six Underground looks. Okay, I have seen. I saw Six Underground already. But... Oh no, I, I've seen Benghazi, and I'll, I'll I say seen, I, I, it's actually quite. Ex it's yeah. It's take not... away take away any real world apl applications and just think of it as a war movie. Like, yeah, if it was complete fantasy, you'd be like, wow, this is a very exciting film. Yeah, just imagine they're fighting Voldemort. <laughs> just... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can we do that? Well, find no. out. Two, we'll find out in two weeks. We'll see. We'll see. Should we do it? I mean, can we? Yes. Should we? I don't know. Wow. Okay. Twenty-seven movies later, we're mm -hmm. almost we're almost through. Mr. Ridley Scott and his oeuvre. One more week to go. We reveal all. So next. So, but until next week, for Patrick, I'm done. We will see you next week on the Academy Academy. Awesome. Uh, Don, 
Please recite a poem in Latin to me. I'm I'm rather bored. I am so that guy. He's like, I can't. I'm not good at this. I can't. I don't know Latin. I, I, just, Latin. I just, just inherited this farm. This creep-ass guy over here is going to do it. Yeah, this, this living scarecrow. This living scarecrow, Adam Driver. I'm sure he'd love to hear that. Oh, yes. He's good. He's gonna beat me up one day. All right. Yeah, he, yeah, he doesn't seem like a sensitive guy who can also beat people up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>